Hey everyone, good morning. Welcome to the Daily Drop-In Morning Show with the Teach Better team where we are live every single morning, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern. It is so wonderful to see everyone this morning. It is Thursday, January 13th, and I promise you, we already have a good show in store. Shakira is here. We've already been talking for like 10 minutes. We're so excited to to bring this conversation to all of you bright and early. So please make sure you go fill up your coffee, get ready for some goofy holidays at the end of our show that we'll be celebrating, including a good news story, and we'll be right back. It is Thursday, January 13th, and we appreciate you starting your day with us, whether you're here live as we stream on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, or if you're listening after the fact on Teach Better Talk podcast, we appreciate you being here. Shakira is here with us. How are you? I'm good. Hi, everyone. Thank you, Ray, for having me. It's Thursday. It's 100 day of school. I'm a little excited that I'm not there yet for the crazy turn up, but... I can ease on in. So thanks for having me get my jitters out before I head back to work. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm so, so excited you're here. I have been seeing you on your podcast. I know that we connected on Instagram, but I was so excited to bring you and introduce you to the Teach Better family because our group is always excited to meet new people and we're always excited to hear about new podcasts and you have both. You are doing a ton of stuff. So I really appreciate you waking up bright and early to talk to us. Yes, for sure. And thank you guys for reaching out. It's so good to see people doing the work of education. And so when you guys reached out, I was like, oh, it's not just it's 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 such a huge community. And so to be a part of it, I'm very grateful. Mm, no, I it's just, I totally agree. It's so fun. You know, for our listeners who may not be connected to your Instagram or maybe they aren't listening to your podcast yet, which I will remind our listeners we all know that when we like a podcast, you got to go over and subscribe, rate, and review. And not only gets you access to those podcast episodes, but it also helps your podcasters. So if you care about the people you're listening to, that stuff really helps. But Shakira, tell us a little about yourself, what you do if people aren't familiar. Yes. Yeah, so hey, everyone, again, my name is Shakira Langley. I'm a 28-year-old educator. I'm originally from Polly's Island, South Carolina. I got into education when I moved to D.C. a couple years ago and I did a residency program and I was suffering. And so I don't have the story of, oh, I always wanted to be a teacher. No. And that's where my podcast dream from. I was struggling so bad as an educator and I thought, you know, the only way I'm going to get through this is to build a teacher community. And so we would always just sit around and just complain about, you know, the daily struggles of teaching and how we always just get a pat on the back and how millennials are taking over. And I just remember one day sitting with my friends, I was like, y'all, we're just saying this to each other. If, and you know, that saying closed mouths don't get fed, it truly doesn't. And so 
my purpose was to elevate our voices. And for the past three years, I've been able to do that, connecting with educators far and wide. And not only doing the work for millennials and shaking the tables, but for students who are also in urban areas and specifically urban areas, just because they target it so heavily. And a lot of the times people who make these policies and decisions for our students, they don't sit in the seats of the classroom. And so my job is to give the pros, the cons, and also to listen because I don't have all the answers. And so that's why I created the Millennial Teacher Podcast. That stemmed from, um, I just released a children's workbook and just working on a few different things for the greater good of not only educators, but our students. So. Uh, all things education. Okay. I, I I love all that. I have a thousand questions, one of which, tell me about the children's book that you just uh, discussed. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So during the height of the pandemic, I had like, I'm really, oops, sorry, Siri guys. I, um, I'm really close with my students and their parents. And during the height of the pandemic, they were like, I know teaching starts at home, but I truly don't know what to do. And granted, they don't like, Yes, they're their child's first teacher, but they don't have the degrees. They did not go to school. And what they saw as kindergartners or first grade, whatever grade you teach, it is completely different now. And so in my frustration as their teacher, I'm like, why don't why aren't you helping them? They they don't know. And so it stemmed from, you know what, let me just put teacher tips on things that I think is simple, but if they don't know, it's not simple. So my job was to just do put the work in as if they were being their child's teacher at home. And so on every page, it's a teacher tip, like even as something small as colors, like tell the child to go point to the blue chair, go sit on the red carpet and just like little tips that parents wouldn't think of to help their children. That's what I did in the workbook. Oh my gosh, that's so good. So you're teaching full time, you have the podcast, you have the workbook. I mean, you got a lot of things you're juggling right now. How do how do you balance all these pieces of the craziness of the year we're having? To be honest, it's like a roller coaster. Some months I'm I'm heavy on it. I'm releasing episodes. I'm working on my craft, and then other months, to be completely honest, it's a it's a standstill. Just because, like as you know, education is hard. I have to show up for myself. I have to show up for 18 other kids. I have to show up for their parents. And, and my mind is constantly like, you're their first stop in education. You, but you also have to be human. And I'm also 28. Like I want to have a life. So honestly, I have to, I'm a planner. And so if it doesn't get written down, it does not happen. Or like I said, sometimes it just hits me. Because I feel like oftentimes teachers, we're always trying to do the most. And sometimes it's, it doesn't get done. And I had to learn that it's okay for it not to get done right now. And so the thing that keeps me going is there's always a time and a place for everything in the classroom and, in, and outside the classroom, right? Like everything that I set my mind to will get done if I work diligently. Same in the classroom. So I have to learn to not sweat the small stuff um, because it will get done. Like those students, they will learn their lesson. I'm going to go home and I'm going to create tap into my creative abilities and that's going to get done. And if I don't do for me, I'm not going to do for them. And that's how I know that's when it's time to check out. And so I think that's a 
you process, like you have to learn what works best for you. And for me, sometimes it may be going hard. Sometimes it might be just self-care. And so I really think it's up to the, up to your own personal, you know, discretion. Ugh, I'm such a fan of all these things. I want to dive deeper into some of these pieces in our brainstorming segment, which we will get to in a minute because on Thursdays that comes first for our show. And then we end with good news and celebrations. But let's talk about real quick where you live. So yesterday, legitimately, I was telling you this before we came live, mm-hmm. I was feeling the stress, right? Education's tough. I'm dying for a little bit of a vacation. And while I may not have the funds or the time to do it, I totally went on Airbnb and was like, okay, if I was to take a vacation in the next two months, where do I want to go? And that and your, where you live kept coming up. So tell me a little bit. If I plan a vacation, where do I want to go? Maybe our network, maybe we'll all just take a little vacay in the next few weeks. Yeah. So in Charleston, you definitely need to go downtown King Street. There's water. There's food on every single corner. So if you are a foodie, Charleston is the home for, for everything seafood. If you, I know a lot of teachers like to take and adult beverages there's a brewery on every corner as well so you have to go downtown king street and get a bike ride the bicycles you can have a good time i know you talked about funds you can have a good time in charleston for on a budget for sure so downtown king street just go and try almost every single food place because there's a restaurant on every other corner I mean, you just named my favorite things about a vacation. I don't know about our teaching our community. If you want to give your thoughts in the comments, please let us know what your dream vacation is. But you just listed food and water. And in my mind, is there anything else you need on a vacation? Exactly. Exactly. And especially with us as teachers, we need a place where you just relax. And the water is definitely something that I take as a brain break, too. Like when I put those sleep music on for the kids looking at water, that's me. So it's a break for me, too. So definitely go to downtown Charleston. Sure. I love it. So yeah, it's really funny. I was, you know, as, as, a, as an educator, we really don't think about taking little vacations unless it's during spring break, during the summer, right? During winter break, there's those obviously allotted times. And I was truly just looking, I was like, what if I left Friday afternoon, right? After, after working hours, went for the weekend and came back like late Sunday night. I'm like, this doesn't need to be a long trip, but it's not a far flight. I mean, I'm in Chicago, so it's not that, it's not that far to get to, And it, you know, I just think that we should all make a little vacation happen, whether people are choosing to get on an airplane safely, of course, or if they're looking for a little road trip, or maybe this is just a, just a day trip for some people. But I think, uh, I think there's, you know, some, some air in the, in the teaching community that we might need a little bit of a a vacation, even though we may have just celebrated the holidays of winter break. So I want to challenge our network. Think about how you can take even like an eight hour little, little trip that feels like it was a vacation, right? Even if you just get away from the normal, breathe a little bit. I love your mindset of water. I literally just moved um, to my new home just because it had a pond in the back. I was like, Mm -hmm. I just need to be near water. Mm -hmm. Be able to decompress. Yeah. No, I love it. It's so fun. You know, I do want to dive into all these other pieces that we were discussing. So let's get into our brainstorm bank and dive further into those educational topics. Sound good? Yes, let's do it. Good morning, everyone. We are thrilled that you are with us here for our daily drop-in morning show. We have a ton in store for you. And I do want to give a shout out to Brad in the comments who's talking about how he just really also needs shopping a part of his 
I'm telling you, I'm sure there's shopping. If there's restaurants and some water, I'm sure you can find some shopping, Brad. I think we can make this happen. Yeah, it's all in King Street, Brad. Just keep walking down. You'll see a whole bunch of boutiques and stores. Perfect. Yeah. So maybe maybe when people are thinking through how they can get in the mindset of taking a little vacation, maybe it's this weekend or something. Maybe it's just a shopping vacation. Like I'm going to turn my phone off and walk through some shopping areas. I think that's a good idea. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Shakira, you have so many things that you're doing for educators. And I, I really value two pieces specifically that you've noted is amplifying voices of other educators to get people talking and having productive conversations, but then also discussing finding the solutions that are actually going to make the long-term impact. I love that you're really focused on millennials. You know, millennials get a bad rep. I mean, we always are criticized for being lazy and (laughs) not focused. And um, I think it's so wonderful that you're really highlighting a specific age group and saying, we're the future of education. So how can we be a part of the solution rather than just sitting at home with our friends and being a part of the problem, but not taking action? And so I'd love for you to speak to some of the things that you might have discussed on your podcast, some of those solutions that you may have, you know, dove into just so we can be exposed. How can we be better? Yeah. So one that stuck out the most, my first year teaching that would kind of led to the idea of the Millennial Teacher Podcast was the expectations. So when you think about the education system, um, one of my guests also said, the education system is not set up for teachers to serve in all capacities. And so my first year teaching, I was trained to be this teacher who they gave a manual to. And it was like this, this and this. If you check that off every day, you are the best teacher. You can give instruction, you can give feedback and you can show up for your students and yourself. And when I walked in that classroom the first day, I was like, wait a minute. This checkoff list to be an exceptional educator, this is not this is not real life. Like, yes, I can take keys from it, but this is not how I can be sustainable. This is not sustainable. And so the solution to that for me was talking about it. Um, I remember before I found my voice in teaching, my vice principal will be like, are you happy? And I was 10 pounds heavier, wired off coffee. And I'm like, yeah, I got it. I got it. And deep, deep down, I was drowning. And so my first episode, I just remember like saying closed mouths don't get fed. Like administrators, my biggest frustration was, was with administration. I'm fresh out of college. You throw me into a program, then you throw me into the classroom. And I'm trying to remember everything that you told me to do. But when it's when it's lights, camera, action, and those children walk in the room, all that may go out the window. And so I had to figure out what was best for me. And what was best for me was talking about it and telling them, like, look, I am drowning and I need your help. And so the first episode was basically just me just saying that you cannot be successful in this line of work if you don't ask for help. And if you're trying to be a by the book teacher, because that's not real life. And as teachers, we're not only there to give them the standards and make sure they're walking in a straight line, having a tight rope, like we also have to be personable. And so when I stripped all that unlearning off, I was able to become Miss Langley, who I love, not who they wanted me to be. Mm -hmm. No, it's really important that we highlight that because there's so many educators that are struggling with this balance of, I have a degree, I've worked hard, I know a lot about education, 
but I don't necessarily have all the answers when I walk in the classroom, nor should I be expected to have all the answers. And how can we support new teachers as they're in that journey? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it's so hard. And like I, I see Jessica saying like she's drowning right now. She's a veteran teacher. And I really yeah. think it all starts at the top. Like we administrators, I know that they have a lot, so I'm not going to take that away from them. But also we are doing the core of the work. And when there's no morale and then there's when there's um, data being shoved, sometimes that teacher that we dream of being that Mary Poppins, that, you know, that safe haven, sometimes that goes out the window when it's data, report card conferences, make sure they're sitting crisscross applesauce, make sure their hand is raised, make sure all eyes are on you. That can, is, is very pressing as a as a teacher. So imagine a student, you know, yeah. and so we're saying, in pandemic. Go ahead. yeah, I was going to say we are in the midst of a global pandemic. So you got that on top of everything before all of this was added. Well, and that was what I was going to kind of like move us to, because you've been doing this podcast for three years. So I assume you started before COVID, because although COVID seems like it's been going on for 100 years, it's still like within the last two. So you started this podcast striving to create a conversation seemingly between administrators that are more focused on data and compliancy than really supporting the human beings within their building, which I think is a beautiful point. There's so many administrators, I work with administrators every single day that really are feeling the weight of wanting to do what's, whatever they can, what's best for teachers. I know later, even even later today, I have a, a round table that I'll facilitate with a nonprofit that I'm a part of. And it will be my prediction. I will report back to all of you tomorrow, but it will be administrators sitting around raking their brains to figure out how in the world to support their teachers better, which I love. But really what you're focusing on is not the administrators that are that are dying to find the solution to best support their teachers, but the administrators that might be, given other administrators a bad rap, only focused on data, only focused on compliancy. That's a really heavy weight to carry as a new teacher when you are constantly carrying this mindset of, but I want to do what's best for kids constantly. And I want the data to show up, but I got to focus on the kiddos first and then the data will come. And so that's a really tricky balance. When COVID happened, did you find that your conversation shifted at all with the podcast or did you feel like it was still so relevant that there really wasn't, you didn't miss a beat? Oh, that's tricky. I feel like it went both ways. So at first I had teachers reach out to me and say, you know, okay, so let me rewind. When COVID first happened, the world was like, oh, teachers, y'all deserve to be paid a million dollars. Like I'm at home teaching my kid first five minutes and I feel like I'm about to you know, choke them. And, you know, the world got to laugh about it, but it was, you know, that was our, this is our real life reality. So you are struggling as a parent or whomever just teaching one. Imagine 18 on top of the stress that they didn't know about. So I was getting comments about, oh yes, we're finally getting seen. And when they finally highlighted us, it was good for, you know, the first couple months. But when we found out that this pandemic was long lasting, um, it was, it went back to, okay, teachers, you know, you get the pat on the back. Oh, you're doing a good job. You're virtual learning. You're hybrid learning. You're risking your health. And then it went, it, it just went back to the norm of mm, teachers. Oh, good for you. And so the conversation was like, so now what? Like the world saw that we were important, but then now they don't give a crap about us again. And so it's, it's a constant battle because I had people who speak to me and they say, you know, 
the work that we do is not a pat on the back. Like this is the core of everything. And a lot of people still see it as a joke and they feel like we're obligated. But if people really realize how many teachers are leaving the classroom daily, it, it would take a major shift for education to be solid as it was before the pandemic. And so right now it's, it's, it's just really hard because you got teachers, a lot of millennials specifically, we're not taking the pats on the back no more. We're not, and I feel bad for the kids, but some of us are not even doing it for the kids anymore. They're doing it for, they're leaving because of sanity. Like it's not sustainable, so. Well, and I'm, you know, it's interesting this week, this, this, this theme of our week for Daily Drop-In is having bold conversations. And I think so many ways this week we've been able to model there are a lot of bold conversations happening in education. One right now, you just brought up the fact that teachers are leaving the classroom. We're going to have a massive teacher shortage. Even worse than it's been this year, it's going to get worse. And you know what? And I know people aren't talking about it. Administrators are the same way. Administrators are leaving left and right, oh, yeah. even at a higher percentage. So education needs our communities to be aware of these problems and really start being a part of the solution towards these shifts. Because the reality is, educators can't fix this on their own. They really need the community effort. And I think it's so interesting that you've been able to connect those two because you're focusing on millennial teachers. You're right. Teachers aren't leaving because they don't love kids. Like that is not why teachers are leaving. All of us love our students. We love being in the classroom and seeing those aha moments and creating those wacky learning opportunities. Like, holy moly, I'm like getting excited even just talking about it. But when you start looking at the day-to-day -day grind, the expectations, and the negativity that is being put on educators, it becomes tricky to leave because when you're talking about leaving, it's just for mental health, you know, yeah. money and everything else. So um, has there been any discussion that you've been thinking through of like solutions towards this problem? Is it just making our communities more aware of the work really being done in the trenches? I think it's a little bit of both. So we definitely have to do the work in the communities. But um, yes, the data and the standards like, you know, that has to get done, too. But we also have to think about the world that our students live in. Like they are facing so many battles. Um, I know there's like a running joke going on, like pandemic children and pandemic babies. Are the, you know, they're they're not the same. And it's true. Like I'll walk um, the other day I was going to the copy room and one of my teacher friends, her daughter's there and she didn't have her mask on and she's about to walk out the door and she goes, oh, and she starts holding her breath till she gets her mask. And it's just like, you know, and it made me laugh because it's like, wow, this is like, they're normal. Like they don't know anything else other than this. Mm -hmm. And then I think about students in urban areas who, you know, we're fighting the battle of the pandemic. Yes. However, they're also battling, you know, like we had the whole Black Lives Matter movement come into them. And you would think at around like six and seven that they weren't exposed, but they were. And so not only are we fighting, you know, the teacher battles, but we also have to fight to educate children outside of the classroom. And I think that's what a lot of millennials are focused on now. Like myself personally, I'm not a good teacher if I just teach them how to read and write. Like if I don't set you up for success, outside of my classroom, you are going to fail eventually because, you know, a lot of people, you know, school to prison pipeline, you know, that that is a real thing. And I see it daily. And I am myself 
and a lot of others included, we don't just close our mouths to the things that they see when they go go home on the news. And my students, we we talk about it. Like we're gonna get the work done. We're gonna talk about what the other battles that you have to fight for. And a lot of administrators, they don't wanna see that. It's a tight ship. Get the standards done, take the test, let's look at the data. And that's that's the robot of what education was. And so now we're stemming on conversations to we can do that. Like we're trying to do that, but let's set up our kids for success. And like you said, people are leaving because they don't create that space for us. We can't serve in all those capacities and we can't even teach our children how to be human. You know, Shakira, I love that your perception of this, or your perspective on this is so focused on let's name what's going on and then let's find the solution. We can't just like complain and gripe. We have to name what's happening and discuss how people can get involved in, as, as a part of changing the world, changing the narrative right now. Even Lori's jumping in and says, I struggle with the lack of appreciation um, from others outside of the classroom. The amount of times I've had to explain education burnout to friends and family is crazy. And what I appreciate about this, Shakira, is I think it's good to talk about the elephant in the room. It's okay that Lori's saying, yeah, this year's been hard. It's okay that Jessica's saying, yeah, ugh, I'm carrying a lot of stress. I'm drowning right now. That's mm -hmm. the first step to us coming together and being a part of the solution. And for those of you in our community that's um, read Teachers Deserve It, that book is specifically naming all the things that teachers deserve. And then the conversation is, so what is a community? We as teachers here this morning, we as educators here this morning, what can we do to make this change begin, right? It's a snowball effect. So we got to get the ball rolling. And what I appreciate is your podcast is really focusing on that. Can you give us any insight now that we're all in community here saying, yep, there's a problem, we're burning out, we're drowning in education, are there steps that we can take to be a part of the solution? But outside of obviously coming together in, in community, for sure. Yeah, so community is great, but I, what I always say is, again, closed mouths don't get fed. So I know for sure if I am struggling and I go sit down with my point person and she said, how are you today? I'm not good. And then she's like, so how can I help you? And a lot of times they're not expecting that response. And so I challenged them, like, how can you help me? And they're like, oh, well, I can I can put in your, your test scores. I can put in your data. No, I can do that on my own time. Like, I am struggling. So help me figure out what part of my day when I'm feeling burnt out, like, what can we eliminate? Because pandemic learning taught us that we can do this job anywhere. Um, a lot of the stress was ripped off from us, you know, when COVID first happened. It was just like, get the kids online. There was no testing being done. There was no report card conferences. There was no hustle, bustle, time lapse. And that worked perfectly for those who were able to manage it. And now I'm back in the classroom. And so everything that pandemic stripped away from us, that's on it times 10. And so when I sit down, to answer your question, what's the first step? Tell them. Tell them that you are not okay. I learned that my first year. I was going to work sick, headache, and just literally a robot, just looking at the time, Monday through Sunday, just working and working and working. And that's not sustainable. So tell them that you are struggling. And if they say, oh, how can I help you? Please listen, because nine times out of ten, they might not have an answer because we don't tell them when we're burnt out. So tell them. Yeah, honestly, I think that that is such a, it sounds so simple when you say it, but it's so helpful to have this reminder 
that when somebody asks, feel free to be honest, tell them that you're not doing well. But in addition to that, Shakira, in your example, you then went into when they say, oh, how can I help? Consider, do some reflection. How can somebody support you? And if you're not sure, which I think happens with a lot of educators, they're like, I don't even know what I need. I just need help. Being able to change that question around and, and give it back to them and say, you know, I have no idea. Can like, how can you help me? And really offer that question back to somebody because they might be, they might have a different perspective on things that they have control over doing that can help you. And so you're really fostering a very healthy, non-combative dialogue of saying, yeah, I don't, I'm not doing well. I really, I personally don't know how to fix it. Do you have ideas? Because you really are opening a powerful door here in not only your school building, but truly universally. Yes. And you never know, like those solutions, somebody else is waiting for you to speak up and it just trickles down. So your voice is helping your teaching partner and almost everybody else in the school because we are not the only ones. Like I know a lot of teachers make it seem easy, but at one point in the day, we are all trying to just breathe. Yeah. So just talk, just talk and you never know, like, or come with ideas that you think can help you. Like if that's what you need, if you know what you need, sometimes I don't know what I need, but if you are a person, you know what you need, you come with it. And if they can't deliver, then it might be time for you to take a step back, take a mental health day until they can figure out how to best support you. Okay. I really love this because I totally fall into that bracket. Sometimes I do know what I need and I can advocate for getting whatever I have on my mind. And sometimes I really just don't know and I need someone to help me figure it out. Like I'm carrying stress, I'm exhausted, I, I'm doing what I need to do, but I don't feel good doing it. And I, I need somebody else to lend me a different perspective to help me figure out how to get this feeling out of my body. And I love that you're opening that up to be a collaborative conversation. That doesn't necessarily have to be only with classroom teachers. We have a Teach Better network here of administrators and paraprofessionals and everybody who works in the entire ecosystem of a school building. So I think the emphasis on maybe not knowing the answer and having that be a conversation is such a powerful reminder for a Thursday morning. Um, I think that that's a great challenge for everybody listening is that you may not know what you need this morning, but how can you open up the conversation so that somebody can help you find the answer and then hopefully be a part of the solution with yeah. you? That's super cool. And I think a lot of teachers, we don't like to ask for help. And one thing my uh, teachers know about me, I will knock on your door and I will literally be like, can you please help me? Because I'm struggling. And so I think stripping your pride, too, because I feel like teachers feel like we always have to have it together. And that's not the case. Like, do not be intimidated by the person next to you. If They look like it's easy for them. Make it easier on you and ask them like we are a community. And at the end of the day, we're all here for the kids. And we're trying to, you know, one, trying to make it. And two, we have a result at the end of the day that we're trying to reach. I think it's okay. So let's talk about that. It is really hard sometimes to ask for help. And it isn't necessarily that people can't ask for help or certain personalities struggle with it. But truly, sometimes it's just tricky. Even if you're just aware that people are overwhelmed, it's hard to ask for help from other people who you know are also struggling. But I have to tell you, I think there is such a difference. I, I have so, I've worked for so many great principals in my lifetime. And most recently, um, the principal I worked with was somebody that if you walked in and and like really were like had a thousand things on your mind and just spit them out, sometimes it was hard to find a solution. But when you're able to walk into the office and start the conversation with, I really need help. 
there's an element of like emotional attachment that begins in that conversation where whoever you're talking to administrator or not is like, okay, this person's coming in and looking for me to be a part of the solution. And it really can have a productive conversation. So can you speak a little bit more to somebody who's nervous to ask for help or uncomfortable? What are some things that they can do to think through like, getting the guts, I guess, of like being comfortable asking for help because it's not easy for people. No, it's not. And so I think for me, I try to like read the room. So the person next door to me, she's very closed off, but I've watched her and she can like, she does it with ease. Like I said, like if you see somebody who does it with ease, reach out to them. And so because I know she's a little bit standoffish, I will send her a text or an email. So I think you got to figure out other people too. Like I know that's another burden in itself, but you have to meet people where they are. And so she makes it look easy. I'm like, you know, I'm bubbly and I'm loud and you know, that doesn't work for everybody. You know, that's intimidating. So I had to like read everybody else. And I was like, okay, she has it going on. I was new at the school at the time. And all I did was, I was like, okay, I'm just going to come in with a different approach. So I think you also have to be mindful of how you present yourself because sometimes it can be like, I need help. And you know that you, you don't, my mom would say, you don't have to fight fire. You don't have to burn people to get a job done. And, you know, so just, it's all about your delivery. And so I just came to her as who she is, cool, calm and collective. And from then on, we just had a bond. And so for my advice will be just like meet people where they are so that they can help you. And eventually, you know, you guys feed off each other's energy and it just becomes natural. Like now it's just like, oh, hey, Miss Langley, I made this for you. Just for me, just like coming to her as how she presented herself to me. So just just all about presentation. Well, and I love that because now you're highlighting, you may not know how to ask for help, but what you do have control over is knowing how to read the room for who you will be going to. So you don't have to have all the answers, but if you know who you're going to and the approach you should have, well, then that's a part of the solution that you're a part of, right? You're, you're getting off on the right foot. So I love all these tips, Shakira. This is so helpful. I can't wait for everybody to go subscribe to the podcast and continue to be an active listener, consumer, and participant in all these pieces. If you had one kind of like challenge for people, because we're going to transition here into good news here in a second. If you had one challenge for people to consider or challenge for somebody to do today, what would you love to leave our, um, our community with this morning? Yes. Um, challenge yourself to speak up. I know that we just got off of a break, but like you said, after a break, we need another break. Um, like today is our hundredth day of school. Tomorrow is a work day conference. I have a meeting with my point person and my challenge to myself when she says, so how are you doing? That's the first question. I'm going to tap into how I'm doing tomorrow. Not how I was doing all this week, but how I'm feeling tomorrow and about my current job and the state of education. And if I can do it next year, because right now conversations are going on for next year, you know, like they're begging, begging teachers to come in the classroom. And so for the past two years, I've been like, you know, contemplating, what am I going to do? Like, I love education, but what am I going to do next? So I, my challenge to everybody is like, what are you going to do next? One, for the sake of yourself, for the sake of your students. And this is not like, oh, just leave education. No, like figure out how you can be your best self for you first and then for education. And again, closed mouths don't get fed. So like my challenge is open your mouth. Like 
your point person, your co-workers, your teachers, they are no better or no less than you. We are all doing the same work. So speak up. My challenge is to speak up and you never know what like one word, one sentence can open up a new door. And I promise you it will work out and you're good. I promise you it will. Oh, I love this, Shakira. So good. Lori in the comments is saying, oh my gosh, don't go yet. I don't know the podcast name. She wants to make sure she goes looks up. Will you mind giving us the podcast name again? Yes. Hi, Lori. It's called the Millennial Teacher Podcast and it's on all streaming networks. And you can follow me at Shakira underscore. I'm going to start having teacher tips starting in February. So how exciting. That's so good. See, all these little projects you have going on. Shakira, mm -hmm. we're going to transition here into good news stories, some holiday celebrations. Are you up for a little celebration before we end? Yes, this? let's do it. All right, let's celebrate. Good morning, everyone. It's Thursday, January 13th. We have a lot going on in this conversation. I can't wait to wrap this show up with some really good feel-good stories. And then y'all need to go follow Shakira on social media and subscribe to the podcast and just continue this conversation. So we appreciate you being here. We appreciate your comments. Let's keep this going. Shakira, we love to celebrate serious and goofy holidays on the show. Sometimes we use these holidays just for enjoyment ourselves to get a good giggle or maybe challenge ourselves to do something other times we use these holidays as conversation starters or as topics with our students. So this is kind of fun. Are you into celebrating random things throughout the day? Absolutely. That keeps me going. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yes. I love a good, like, wacky holiday. There's some good ones today. I will say, I do want to give a shout out. Today is Korean American, American Day. So shout out to those of you that will be celebrating that. It's also some food holidays, which is always good for me. It's National yeah. Gluten-Free Day. And I will say there's a lot of good gluten-free options. So maybe you need to challenge yourself to, to go eat something gluten-free. As many of you may know, over 2.5 million people in the U.S. are gluten-free. So there's some there's some wow. good food out there now, you know? That's interesting. I'm going to have to try to challenge myself to find it. I will tell you, Shakira, I went to a um, my cousin's wedding. My cousin just got married. And, you know, obviously with all safety protocols, we were so thrilled to be part of this very special event for her. And one of the things she had, which I know sounds crazy, is a donut wall. Have you seen these donut walls where they're like gorgeous hung up and you like go yes. take your donuts? So that cool. cool. And they were all gluten-free donuts. And I was like, ooh, is that going to taste good? I'm not sure. I'm going to tell you, friends, these were the best donuts I've ever had. So go get yourself a gluten-free donut today. <laughs> okay, I'm going to um, do this. It's also, and I don't know why this is such a big deal, but it is World Rubber Ducky Day. So for those of you who need to celebrate a rubber duck, um, I say go for it. <laughs> um, it is also Make Your Dreams Come True Day, which I feel like kind of blends in with our conversation today. Go make your dreams come true. And it's also, of course, for all those incredible educators out there who have a love for stickers. It is World Sticker Day, so we need to celebrate stickers. Are you a sticker person? Yes. Every time you get a sticker, you get a sticker, you get a sticker. I feel like Oprah. I love it. I love it. So you know what? Hand out some stickers today. Give yourself a sticker today, friends. If you don't have a sticker, um, the Teach Better team has a ton of stickers, whether it be for our Teach Better team or um, our masterminds or our ambassadors or the books that we've published. So 
DM me if you need a good sticker. We'll send those over. I think that's an important element of today. If anyone needs a sticker, let us know. That's a problem we can solve. I love it. Absolutely. As, as far as a good news story, friends, you know that we use these good news stories as not only conversation starters to continue to foster good relationships with our colleagues, but also bring these to our students when appropriate. This morning's good news story I just thought was so sweet and totally a problem many of us have had if you live in a snowy place. So Shakira, I don't think you really get snow very often where you live. Is that true? No, I do not have those issues. And I thank God I can't handle the snow. <laughs> I will tell you, I know that some people really love the snow. Some people can do without. I think I have a love-hate relationship with the snow. Like, I really do like it, but then it snows, and I really would prefer that it goes away. This story is all about a woman who thanks a hero who found her wallet in the snow and drove it to her house to make sure that she kept it and had her tools and resources. So a family in Maryland wants to publicly thank a stranger for going above and beyond just in time for the new year. So this happened just a few weeks ago. The quote is, what a great human. That's how Lori responded to, um, to sending out this message to thank this good Samaritan who, are, who really went above and beyond. Her son, Jake, realized on Friday that he had lost his wallet on a Thursday night. It snowed a couple inches where they lived overnight, which made it challenging to find any wallet at all, much less anything else. They said that they were shoveling all over their community, all over their um, their driveway to figure out where they lost it. And it had his school ID in it, his license, his debit card. You know, we like keep our lives in our wallet these days and they couldn't find it anywhere. So on a Saturday morning, as they were saying goodbye to Jake, as he headed back to where he was studying, he was actually studying at the University of South Carolina. Um, somebody showed up and rang the doorbell at 8 a.m. It was a good Samaritan that said they found the wallet on a sidewalk miles and miles away. Must have been where they were on Thursday. And they brought it back. So go figure how cool is that? Oh, that is beautiful. See, there's still a lot of good people left in the world. I love it. You know, I do have to say I have not found a wallet, but it is always helpful when you have the address of a license that you can like go and deliver the wallet or like mail it back. But my license doesn't have my address on it, like because I moved. So I think this is my reminder to go update my address. On my For sure. Yeah. Or or I need to move to South Carolina so I, you know, can just have a better address and I don't have to deal with snow. Maybe that's no, right? Exactly. And you got to come book that trip to Charleston. So that's another I conversation. I'm telling you guys, I feel like this is kind of a, an all call to our community. What do you need to actually pull the trigger on a little mini vacation? Friends, I'm looking at like a two-day trip. I'm, I don't know what like what I'm waiting for, right? What's like the, the information you need to pull the trigger? I'm feeling a vacation coming on. I think the Teach Better community needs to come and hang out with you. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, we, need a, we need a reset. Mm -hmm. That'll be good. Shakira, I do want to make sure our community stays in contact with you. So I'd love to have you share your podcast again and also your handle on social media, anywhere else that our community can connect with you so they can hopefully continue this conversation. There's been so much good that you've been able to share already. I want to make sure this is only the beginning of our connections here this morning. 
Yes. Thank you again for having me. And thank you everyone who listened and all the comments. You guys are making me so excited to go be a teacher now in the classroom. So thank you for that. And the podcast is the Millennial Teacher Podcast. And on Instagram, it's at Shakira underscore S-H-A-Q-U-I-R-A. And continue to stay tuned because I have a lot of tips and tricks and new things coming your way. And if you are a parent and you have a child from the ages three to five, my workbook is called I'm On My Way to Pre-K. And it's available on Amazon. Oh, so good. You know what, friends? We will also get that workbook and link it in the Teach Better bookshelf. So if you're looking for that and as you're searching for it, maybe you can't come across it, go look in the bookshelf. I will upload that later today. So that way you have easy access to that resource as well. So Shakira, we're so thrilled that you woke up early to start your morning with us. We It's always great to have good conversations, but I just feel like the work you're doing really vibes with the things I'm passionate about. So I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. This was great. This got me excited for my day. And I really appreciate you guys for having me and Teach Better community. Keep doing the good work. I I love this. I love this for us. And I love this for our students. I love it. Shakira, we're going to stay right here. But for everybody else, we will see you later. Please enjoy your last few sips of coffee and head into the best Thursday ever. I know sometimes we're unsure of what's in front of us. Sometimes we have things on our calendar that are stressing us out. Guys, I just have a feeling. It's Thursday. It's January 13th. Today's going to be a good one. So please go enjoy it and let us know how your day goes at the end of the day via social media or anywhere else. We'd love to hear from you. We will be back tomorrow morning to conclude our week with the one and only Brad Hughes. He's with us every single Friday for Daily Drop-In. And there is so much more in store of big announcements on the Teach Better team. So thank you for all that you do. And we'll see you soon, friends. See ya. Bye, guys.